So, uh, lots of things going on on this uh, planet these days, as is usually the case. Guess, but it, yeah. It, yeah, and it just, um, I, I'm curious, uh, you being in Hawaii and of that culture, how in touch do you stay with the rest of the world? Well, I stay uh, in touch. I Every morning, I'm the only news service I subscribe to is the uh, Honolulu Star Advertiser, just because I'm, I'm, you know, more interested in local news. But I scan the New York Times, the L.A. Times, San Francisco Chronicle, Washington Post, mm. and Google News mm-hmm. every morning. I just, like, read, I don't have any, you know, depth to it, but I, I get... I got it, and then I'll, I'll watch the um, usually MSNBC in the evening for an hour and mm-hmm. pick it up. Mm-hmm. Our um, our PBS. I'm actually moving more <coughs> PBS. Yes, that's PBS a good one. Has, well, it, it's not just the political stuff. The thing about PBS is they deal with culture, you know, and and that's forgotten in our regular news, and that's such an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'll have a poet, or they'll, you know, they they do an interview or something in the last uh, twenty minutes or so. So, um, so to answer your, your your question, I stay pretty much um, uh, up to date with everything. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a junkie on that. Is that unusual for the hardcore um, uh, Hawaiian culture um, folks? Uh, uh, do do they stay in touch with the world, or are they pre- is that pretty much their world? Well, there? I I can't speak for them. You know, I can only speak for myself. My guess is that their focus is more local, mm-hmm. um, maybe uh, local in the context of the bigger world. Mm-hmm. I know that um, some years ago in the in the '90s, there was uh, um, a discuss. Well, you know, as as you may know, um, in the '90s uh, under uh, Clinton, Congress passed a resolution, literally apologizing for the United States' illegal act of interfering. Uh, or, participating in the overthrow of the Hawaiian monarchy. Mm-hmm. It was an official apology. And after that, um, some graduate student over here was going through the archives in Washington and came across this box of uh, uh, petitions of um, uh, opposing annexation, which was never known. It was you know, popularly said that the Hawaiian people, everybody wanted annexation. And this was like, I think there were 21,000 uh, signatures, which was would have been the vast majority of people over here, particularly for Hawaiians, and because of that, they um, they literally took it to. They had an international lawyer. I mean, I haven't heard anything on this for years. Who said that they had, you know, that because the um, uh, and, and on top of everything else, when they did the annexation, because they couldn't get enough votes to do an actual formal treaty, um, they did a um, kind of a workaround. I forgot what it was called. And uh, anyway, because of that, an international uh, a lawyer that specialized in international law said that the um, uh, the, the, the um, treaty thing that was signed was was um, void, you know, because it. Uh, any case, so I, they were pursuing. It was unconstitutional. Yeah, that, that's right. It went against the U.S. Constitution mm-hmm. of all uh-huh. things. And uh, it hasn't really um, gone anywhere, though there's, there's a strong undercurrent. I mean, there was a, a couple of years ago when, when their effort was to build this gigantic um, state-of-the-art uh, uh, telescope up on the top of Mauna Kea, which already had like 10 telescopes. And um, some of the Hawaiian um, sovereignty folks decided enough was enough. And they went out and started protest, and it turned out that there was an encampment up on the top of this volcano, and that's 
13,000 feet up um, that uh, basically stopped construction, and it's all tied up in the courts right now. So there's um, there certainly is more activism going on uh, in a concerted way, uh, but I think most people's focus, like I, I say, the only news that I read in depth is, is local. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you live out here, you know, this is our world, but we have to, you know, keep them in context with a bigger world. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I, so it, I just want to interject here and welcome our listeners to Conversations with Chuck Alton, where I bring on the people who have most impressed me in this lifetime to share with you. I'm your host and producer, Chuck Alton, and with me right now is author and Hana Maui Resort owner-operator, John Romain. John, it's just a aloha. Let me start off with aloha. that. Aloha. <laughs> yes. A, yes. A, a woman's right to choose. Uh, SCOTUS yes. ended constitutional protections to abortion. States were already outlawing abortion, uh, even saying an Uber driver who takes someone to an abortion criminally is criminally liable. It feels like women have been relegated to second-class citizenship. What are your thoughts, John? Well, it's worse than that. Um, It's just an ongoing thing to suppress women, period. Um, These idiots that are pressing for this, they, they want to turn back the clock and get the time when women, you know, <laughs> didn't say much and they were, they were you know, in the kitchen and, and not home raising babies, you know, they just cannot deal with it. It's been a matriarchal um, culture we've lived in for more than 2,000 years. And uh, it's it's unhealthy. It's not right, uh, and um, it, it's it's part of a bigger thing. I mean, the the abortion issue. Yes, I mean that should be. But the the real question it's women's rights, and they're women's rights to be equal citizens and to have control of their bodies. And I am you know, strongly offended uh, mm. by this. But I don't, what do you expect from this court? You know, I mean, there are a bunch of zealots. Uh, they're they're acting out of religious beliefs more than. Uh, than you know the constitutional mm-hmm. offense or they have their own thing anyway uh, i could go on and on yeah and i'm on, sure but, i'm uh, sure but, uh, but you... I, I think we're probably in the same boat on that one but it's basically a, an effort to repress women mm. these these you know it's a dying and and they know it you know that they the white supremacy i'm not talking about supremacist but the the fact that we've been on you know the the country's been ruled by uh um uh white protestant uh, men and, uh, you know, when women make gains, then that freaks them out. And so they mm. start doing more of this. The same thing with people of color or anybody that isn't a white Christian um, a male. Uh, just Anyway, hopefully the dinosaurs die out before they kill the planet. Yeah. And that, uh, you know. Well, that's the interesting thing is all the things that we could talk about today um, are things that are top of mind for people when we should be. Uh, And that's why I recommended this uh, Wind of uh, Change, which is uh, a song that was just introduced to me. And it's uh, really about, well, come on, you know, what are we doing here? Your your planet's going to hell in an egg basket. Yeah, there's a a song I've heard uh, a couple of times. I I listen to this radio station. uh, I stream it. K-Hum, K-H-U-M. It's Humboldt County. And it's one of the few mama papa stations. In fact, I was on a road trip. I just walked into the place. DJs come in with their dogs. I mean, it's a very casual place, but they have a great, great playlist. And um, recently, I, I heard a song that was out 
quite some years, years ago by four non-blondes, and it's called What's Going On? And I would advise you to listen to that, too. There was actually a Hawaiian uh, cover of it, and they, uh, they, they talked about it really in the, you know, what are all these hotels, and da-da-da-da, but what's going on? I wake up in the morning, I want to scream, you know, and... Mm. Um, yeah, we're we're out of sync, and it's because we're we're you know we're, we're uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I get so uh, so fed up with this stuff. It's hard for me to articulate it. Yeah, but, uh, I know it's it's uh, disappointing. As, as, said, as younger well, people, as younger people, we had high hope. We had high hopes. Well, younger people still have. Well, I don't know if younger people have high hopes. I feel I think that there's a lot of feeling of desperation. Oh, uh, you're right. That, you're right. You know, going around. I work with young people at the restaurant, and um, yeah, uh, I mean, every I'm older than all of them, and um, the young people that I work for at the host stand are in their twenties, and some of them are younger than that. And uh, so I asked uh, one of the uh, ladies who works there, she's 21, what are the young people saying about what the uh, Supreme Court uh, just did? And she was incredibly articulate about how offended she and her friends are. Yes, yes. that's about, that, that's the, probably the best word, is just uh, offended. You know, they are. Anyway, let's move on to something else. I think, you know, we can just churn this forever and ever. Well, for sure. Okay. All right. The Putin war is wreaking havoc on the world. Uh, People in the world will go hungry and probably die, while Ukrainians uh, die at the hands of a warring despot who's blocking export of grains from one of the world's greatest producers. Where, Where do we go from here? I don't know. Yeah, that, that's an answer that too few politicians will. Are, you know, are, I have a hard time finding people who want to talk about it because they're so uncertain well, it, as to where a, to go it, with it. Well, that's the point. Is that I don't know is a legitimate answer. Uh-huh, sure it is. But many feel that they need to say something. Well, let me um, ask you this, uh, because yeah. there's, a, there's a part of me that says, you know what, I would risk the possibility of nuclear war and I'd go in there, and I would just kick some ass. Well, I, I've I've played with that thought too, um, uh, but I don't know if that's really. Um, oh, uh, it's a, yeah, my, mine is an unpopular point of view. Well, it, it's a risk that uh, the consequences could be, you know, or <laughs> could be devastating. Um, yes. Uh, you know. But who cares? As long as we're I, dealing, I, if we're dealing with this kind of stuff, and we're seeing our brothers and sisters being massacred, and we can't do anything about yeah. it because of a bomb yeah. that existed that we created. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the money that's running the world. We uh-huh. created the money, uh-huh. and yet has nothing to do with the natural world, and yet we were uh, uh, become um, enslaved to, um, you know, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but, uh, you know, I heard uh, Rolling Thunder, an old medicine man in a small little gathering one mm-hmm. time, when asked about, uh, uh, isn't it true that you know, really we all have the same belief, you know, we call God, you call the Great Spirit, and he turns and he points out at us and moved his finger around. He says, absolutely not. Your God is the almighty dollar. Mm. And after a while, when I, I kind of got, the, you know, kind of settled in, I thought, he's right. You know, we say, we don't want to cut down that forest, but it's going to create jobs. Or, I, God, I'd love to be a school teacher. I've always wanted to do that, but I can't afford it. I might make more money as an accountant. 
So the whole <laughs> thing screwed up, you know, because we've, we've elevated money to the point of a religion that has nothing to do with anything, and we're making all the decisions on, on that. Yes, my um, father told me himself, my religion is money. Yeah, well, at least he was honest about it. Yeah. But that, you know, I, as, as you and I have talked, I, uh, I'm just sharing this just a personal belief, but uh, I think if you step back and look at the state of the planet and, and the, the trajectory that we're on, uh, I don't think there's any way to avoid uh, belief in a total collapse. Uh, the environment is is breaking us down, as you say. The food shortage is enhanced by the war, but they're also because of the droughts. Uh, sooner or later, it's going to break, and mm-hmm. the economy that's based on growth of all things. Um, you, mm-hmm. know, and, you know, when, when I was in graduate school in the late '60s, in an economics class, and and uh, uh, we learned that uh, about growth, and that's basically what capitalism is based on. And uh, a formula was offered that, uh, just as an example, a uh, 7% interest um, compounded will double the principal in uh, 10 years. You know, if it's a higher interest, it would be shorter time, and lower interest would be longer time. But I'm sitting in the class, and I'm thinking, well, that's exponential growth when you let it go if everything's doubled every 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, you know, I, it was really before the global economy had taken hold but i'm thinking how do you grow beyond what your capacity is you know i mean we are a closed system on this planet uh, it used to be closed system just in our country now it's a it's a global system and uh if, if you expect everything to grow without the the equivalent growth of resources and and everything else then the only way that you can grow is is to be cannibalistic um, or cancer, you know, I mean, it e- either you eat others or, you, or it eats yourself, but there's no, uh, there's no way to, to grow in a closed system without, con- without um, uh, you know, destroying others or uh, mm-hmm. uh, destroying yourself in the process. It's, so, a, it's the, Peter, the Peter principle big time. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Sort but of. the thing is, is that there, there, we just aren't, we aren't uh, equipped somehow as people to look at the long term, and we're in an era era of so much immediacy that um, and and everybody, you know, I I have the great privilege of living in this remote little place, mm-hmm. um, running a, a small little B and B, having a lot of time to think and contemplate mm-hmm. and read, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, you know, I can see things in a different perspective than somebody that's got a mortgage and four kids and and trying to save for college and all of the other mm-hmm. things, you know, you, you simply, it's overwhelming. You mm-hmm. can't say, how do I get out of this thing? Because mm-hmm. you're in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's going to take, I mean, my real interest is what comes next. You know, and when I'm talking about a, a collapse, I, 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 I'm, I believe strongly that there will be survivors and that there will be pockets. And I'm, I, I don't know. I, all I know is that it, the way that the world is running right now cannot is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. But um, and the other thing is is that we need imagination. Every ism that we've got right now, be it political, economic, religious, uh, they're all isms that were imagined centuries, if not millennium ago. And, you know, and we still look. It's like we've gone into a three-dimensional world and we're still trying to play with, with two-dimensional formulas. Mm-hmm. 
know, and it's sort of like, where is the imagination? For example, um, it, it's thought that there are two economic systems, um, uh, communism, which is proven to be a total failure, and capitalism, which is doing a pretty good job of doing that itself. But we tend to think it's this or the other. Well, you can't, if, you, if communism is no good, then it has to be capitalism. Why does it have to be either? Where's our imagination? Why don't we start to think of something entirely different? Um, and that it, it starts well, about give, a, give us a, give us an example. Well, I, I just did. Like, what if uh, we? I mean, how does how does the uh, how is it that we have to have just capitalism or communism? You know, in the Hawaiian system, and and I heard a whole Hawaiian man say one time. He says you you really have to be born into the culture to understand it. Mm. But in the Hawaiian way, I mean, you know, outside of economic. We have barter, and that most people feel that's a good, healthy thing, and it is. But mm-hmm. it's not as healthy as uh, the Hawaiian way. Is that uh, um, if you go fishing, and you come in and you have some fish, and the other boat that your friend's in uh, doesn't have any, you're simply going to give him some of yours, and it's not going to be say, "Well, you owe me these fish, or you're going to owe me this that." Mm-hmm. You just give it away. This happens. And and uh, uh, because that's what you do, mm-hmm. and everybody does that, you know. And so there's no economy in the sense that we measure it, you mm-hmm. know, with an accountability. I mean, even barter has some accountability. I so mean, no one has to do without. Yeah, no one does do without. Of course, that's mm-hmm. a really closed system that worked and you know worked very well. Yes, a very um, uh, divided. Well, not, I mean, they had the elite, which was the ruling class, and then the common people. And, uh, you know, and, and there were very strict rules, you know, separating the elite and, and the privilege that went with it from the common people. Nonetheless, when King Kalakalo circled the world, the first sovereign to go completely around the world in the late 1880s, uh, and this is barely 100 years after Cook arrived, you know, so all of a sudden, this little island, you know, it, it wasn't even a country at that time, you know, uh, uh, Kamehameha, you know, conquered or united the the uh, uh, the islands in the in the late part of the 18th century, early 19th century. But uh, any case, so a hundred years later, King Kalakala sets out and goes around the world through China and India and Europe, and and he was you know treated as a you know phenomenal you know celebrity in a way in some ways. But anyway, came back. And, and he was asked how, how he felt Hawaii fared. And he says, well, I tell you, he says, I think our people have it best of all. He says, um, uh, everyone has shelter, everyone has food, and everyone's happy. <laughs> so, the, and, you know, what do they do with their leisure time? Song and dance and work, you know. And to the Hawaiians, you know, your job, the word hana actually means work. But it means work is what your contribution is. It's an honorable thing. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, well, I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. It's what you get up and do. You know, you're mm-hmm. a canoe maker. You make canoes. And so, um, as I say, this is just a small scale example. And none of this is going to work until we change human consciousness or allow it somehow to, to change. There's another Hawaiian term that I I find just incredibly useful, and that is enough is plenty. Is that not a healthy thought or what? Uh, it, the word enough simply means that. It means enough is plenty. Mm. And yet, in mm. our culture, worldwide now, enough is never enough. We want more, more, mm-hmm. more. So, mm. so uh, 
so we can envision. And we spoil, we spoil our, we, we spoil our children from day one. Yeah, well, but nothing is going to really change until we break completely from what we've done or what, where we are. And um, uh, again, this, this is just a, the rantings of a, an old guy that's <laughs> been in the jungle too long. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's the way I feel. Remember Jim Shan, you know, our, our former, well, our deceased friend, Jim Shan. Yes. And uh, he came by one time not too long before he died, and he was talking about kind of role-playing, which is always his thing, you know, great storyteller, and he bring in it. He says, well, everybody kind of has a, a, a person or something that, that they relate to, so who are you? And I thought for a minute, and I thought, I guess I'm the fool on the hill. I'll take the Beatles' fool on the hill. Uh-huh. rather than some superhero or something mm. because uh, um, I, I I just see things differently and again I this is we as we talked off the record before of a, a vision and a, and a vision is just that you know artists create visions uh, musicians create visions uh, poets create vision mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it, it's it's an imagined possibility. Um, I, in some cases, more a vision that I see this coming. Um, certainly many novels, you know, 1984 could not have done more of a visionary novel other than having the date say. wrong. Yeah. But, uh, so, here I go again. Well, here's I've the deal. i my morning you... coffee and I'm <clears> rolling. <throat> All right. And uh, to, I, I will uh, impart that uh, this is Wednesday, uh, June the 29th. We're almost out of June. We're halfway through the year. <laughs> And uh, uh, my guest is my good friend, and I hope will be a regular guest on Chuck Alton Conversations, is John Romain. And John, you've uh, led up to the um, final thing I'd like to touch on with you this time, and that is uh, the future, uh, getting back to basics. Uh, Where do we go from here? What about future primitive, a concept that you um, awakened me to and that I've take an interest in and and it's almost like it's a a, a, you know it's like make life great again um future let let me just say this the future primitive is an unequivocal assertion of the superiority of the hunter-gatherer lifestyle and john uh, zerzan is an anarchist it says on uh, wikipedia who criticizes the agriculture civilization as inherently oppressive and advocates drawing upon the ways of life of hunter-gatherers as an inspiration for what a free society should look like. What do you think about that? Well, I don't think we need to go backwards. I think what we need to do is bring forward the indigenous wisdom that uh, you could say certainly was there with the hunter-gatherer societies and and such, but... uh, I will, I'm gonna. I can't articulate it better than what I wrote in the the closing lines yes. of, of the book. And yes. I'd like to just go ahead off of that. Um, that says uh, I'm talking about. It's called the Road to Eden Revisited, and it's it's talking about uh, the combination of indigenous wisdom with technology. But technology again is is redirected not towards weaponry or, you know, all of the other um, corporate advancements and such, but basically redirected for uh, restoration of the planet and uh, enhancing the quality of human and all life. Uh, again, planet. very part and parcel to the Jim Channon vision. 
Yes, yeah, well, it, it's not, it, you know, I'm tapping into a, a, a something that's already out there, and a lot of other people mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. but I put, uh, only now, with the ability to interplay thoughts and ideas among billions of minds, do we have the capacity to envision a future, constr- uh, not uh, a future unconstrained by the past, a future imagined rather than projected, a history born anew, not repeated. By engaging ancient wisdom with progressive technology, we have the means to bring about a new Eden, where we are peace with the natural world and dare to dream about reaching the stars. It may seem an impossible dream, but I believe it to mm. be our death. Mm. Wow. Well right said, my friend. Right well there. said. Uh, and words to ponder and things to think about there. And uh, so... Um, it still seems, um, from the standpoint of what we are likely to do, far-fetched. Well, probably it is, but, you know, everything has to start with a vision and mm-hmm. a thought. Yes. And, uh, um, you know, and hopefully that that triggers other thoughts. And say, But I think the most important thing is that we got to break the tether from the past, mm-hmm. and in the sense of depending on, on what we know. Not the 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 I, sh- I call it indigenous wisdom. It's also just inherent wisdom, uh-huh. you know, because yes, yeah. it's universal among indigenous cultures and such. Um, but uh, and until we, you know, a lot of really well-meaning and and uh, thoughtful people want to fix, you know, and and build upon what we have. And I'm looking at it's just like a house, you know. If your foundation's bad, no matter how you, much you try to build on it, you're constantly going to have problems, you know, until that foundation is fixed. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now, the foundation of a lot of our thoughts and our, our philosophies and our, our governing uh, realities, I guess you would, mm-hmm. um, are, are broken, and that we need to to put up new foundation pieces before we go forward. So yeah, it's far fetched, and that's what I, I said um, uh, at the end. And you know, some may see it as a, um, a dream. I see it as our destiny, or mm-hmm. whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and we need more. We, we need more of that kind of thinking. That hey, we can go beyond this. We could be something else. Why are we trapped in such a uh, bizarre world? You know, and and uh, here, I want to this will send a little bit of controversy out your way. Uh, I think we have to rethink religions. You know, all of these all of these planetary religions were conceived or inspired or whatever they came from literally thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, they might have suited us well then, but they're certainly not suiting us well now, i.e. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Supreme Court. Um, well, everything needs to be rethought, uh, and some people yeah. are rethinking these things. I mean, the Second Amendment needs to be rethought. Or the Constitution itself needs yes. to be rethought, yes. or at least our way of seeing the Constitution, uh-huh. these revisionists, that yep. are the, uh, uh, not the revisions, but the, what do they call them, the, the um, originalists or whatever, and they're mm-hmm. trying to think in the perspective of the Founding Fathers. Right. The Founding Fathers were like from a, a you know... Well, their comprehension didn't know. go beyond the musket. Well, that absolutely, that in guns or anything else, you know, I mean, it was it was a very limited... Uh, it's a different world. I mean, uh-huh. there's never been in all of the human history uh, such a transformation of of everything as in the uh-huh. last 200 years, you uh-huh. know. And so, 
I, I think, you know, but how do you do that right now? Because you've, and social media has created, um, you know, it's a crazy matrix out there of stuff. And We're stuck. Again, We're stuck. To, We're I, stuck. Well, I think that, you know, my belief of what I'm doing, I can't personally change the world. I accept that. But I can... I, I can live to enhance the world around me, mm-hmm. and that is kind of what my philosophy is. I run my business the way that it should be. You know, I have enough. You know, I have enough. I'm living very comfortably, but not too much. Uh, I raised our rates uh, um, about several months ago, 10%, and I gave our employees a 10% raise. They should. They're part of it. You know, my house cleaners, you know, that's a big, big part of the system. Yes, it is. Business. Yes. So it's, again, um, if you can get past that barrier of insecurity about money, I need more, 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 and, uh, you know, the income inequality. Yeah, if you don't grow every now. year, you're dying. Yeah, and that and that just isn't the case. So, again, um, I, I can't change anything beyond that that I have direct control over, but mm. I will and, and am doing just that in mm. trying to make my world mm. a better place for myself and, and everybody that lives here. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that's all we can do. Yeah. You know? and, uh, hey, uh, and, and, and I like what you said uh, earlier, and you're perhaps quoting someone else, but that uh, enough is plenty. Well, it, it's a Hawaiian um, concept, and I, I, I'd have to look up the, the exact word. Origin, but, uh, right. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, I heard that there used to be on, on PBS over here a woman, Leslie Wilcox, who was just brilliant. She was the uh, CEO, but she also had a, a what Leslie Wilson, I mean Leslie Wilcox, talk story, and she would have people you probably never heard of, as well as maybe the governor or whatever. But everybody had a story to tell. And it was in one of those sessions, and, and uh, I think it was somebody from Lanai, and he says, yeah, he says he learned, and he said the Hawaiian terms, and it was, you know, enough is plenty, and I thought, boy, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> hey, listen, as yeah. we close on that beautiful yeah. laughter of yours, what's the good news? Succinctly, what's the good news today? Well, in my world, it's a nice sunny day. Um, and the uh, uh, skies are clear. Um, uh, I'm relatively healthy. Um, that's you know from my world. Um, I mean, there are good things going on. Um, uh, I, I think that science, um, when it's not directed just for the, the, the defense department and such, uh, is moving forward, and that uh, we're certainly looking at. Uh, um, disease. My like Fauci today said it looks like COVID is waning. Are know? we? Are we as people? Are we evolving? Well, some are, some are, uh, and some are devolving. You know, and I think social media has a lot to do with that. Uh, and I, I think that evolution is. You know, it's it's so bizarre that we tend to think of ourselves at the top of the evolutionary chain. Well, maybe we are, but does that mean that this is it? <laughs> that we're not going to go any further mm-hmm. up? Yeah, right. Uh, we're already there. Know, I mean, yeah. I mean, so I, I have to believe that if we allow this to happen, and there are more and more. I mean, okay, that's the good news. Is that you know, in fact, you and I are talking, and there there must be some that are listening to this that are of the same mind. 
and um, uh, you know, we're connected. Around. A lot of a lot of small gatherings, or, mm-hmm. or you know, as we say over here, we talk story. Mm-hmm. We, you know, mm-hmm. no we just sit around and, and talk story. We tell our stories and listen to other stories, mm-hmm. and that that's a big part of it too. Is listening. It's not just the talking, but listening. Yes. Everybody's yeah. got something to say, right? Uh, and uh, it, you know, as a writer. Um, that's where I was. I went in. I had a, a, a my fiscal yesterday, and a week before, I went in to get my blood test. And this guy that uh, came in in front of me was in a wheelchair. He had both legs were cut off just below the knee, and um, both hands were missing. Um, obviously, a landmine or some kind of a thing had happened to him. And um, he was he was kind of a little bit strange. We were waiting out outside the the waiting room where there weren't any people, and um, he he said uh, something uh, about oh masks. And he says yeah masks, and, and then he says uh, um, you know and the, and the vaccinations. And I said well I, you know they're probably a good thing. I said it's safe. He said so the vaccinations aren't working. I said no. I said people aren't dying as much. I said that certainly works. He said oh. And then he said, well, I haven't been vaccinated. And then I started to say something. He says, I've, I've died twice, and I know how beautiful it is. I'm not afraid of it. Hmm. And so, you know, as a writer, I picked that one up. I mean, this guy wasn't lying. When you look at him, he's obviously went through some awful situations, and that I don't have any doubt that his heart stopped in that. But he said, um, I've died twice. And I've seen how beautiful it is, and I'm not afraid to yeah. die. Well, he did. Uh, in, in the process, he lost sight of the impact that he could have on other people. Well, he certainly had an impact on me. And <laughs> 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 what he said. Yes. Uh, but I, all I'm getting, you know, and that that's the thing. The you know, I have a, a very close friend over here right now that has um, uh, Parkinson's, and he's starting to have a, a little bit of mental. Um, uh, concerns and uh, um, he's very fearful and uh, we we had a, a talk about uh, about life you know I'm 76 he's 77 and and uh, just the you know we're in the zone you know <laughs> this is sooner or later that uh, our terms are going to run out and it's total fear and I, I tried to, to walk him through and say just just accept it you know and then, yes. then you can actually live it and and we have such this fear of death in our in our yeah. we don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and most yeah. or many of the other, you know, in Hindu and and uh, Buddhism and that, there is accept death as just another cycle of life. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that's part of it too. Fear. Uh, just one thing I'd like to to close on. And there is a I learned this from Tom Robbins, and he actually got it from Joseph Campbell. But in a particular sect of Buddhism. They accept the, uh, or, or they've taken the uh, Judeo-Christian uh, uh, genesis of, of mankind being um, expelled from the garden, and where God uh, installed two angels with the fiery spo- uh, swords to, to guard the gates. But in this particular sect, they named the angels, and one is the angel of fear, and the other is the angel of desire. So I love that thought because here it is. You know, we've been expelled. The myth that's guiding us right now is the whole, you know, the, the whole Genesis and all throughout the biblical history. And in, and it, we don't get a chance to return except in the afterlife, which is, you know, who knows. But in this, they offer that return. If you can conquer 
fear and desire, you're basically back in the garden. Yeah. And uh, wow. it, it, and and <laughs> if you want, I mean, and if you want to look at how to control, uh, you know, I'm from advertising, and if you the, the two buttons that you push in advertising, the same thing: the button of fear and the button of desire. And um, that's how you can manipulate people. And right now, we have just a shitstorm of fear. And, uh, and politicians play upon it, and uh, advertisers play on it, and that. And so the, the liberation um, on a personal level and ultimately collective level is that you, um, you break free of fear and desire. It doesn't mean that you still want things. But you don't, you know, you're not driven by them. And it doesn't mean that you aren't going to be cautious right. or aware. But the thing you said earlier, which I'll just hearken back to, because I think I do a sure. pretty good job, uh, it, just organically for me, it's like if I have enough, I'm a rich man. Yes. And that really obfuscates fear and desire all by itself. Absolutely, absolutely. That it, it, you know, that it, those three little worlds. Enough is enough. Yeah. Um, two, bastante two es bastante is. for our Spanish friends out there. Bastante es <laughs> bastante. <laughs> oh, good, good. Spread that. Start doing a little graffiti around uh, your, your neighborhood. <laughs> Do it in English and Spanish. Hey, I got these two Colombians in my house, man. We can work wonders. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, John. A great 45 minutes with you. Uh, people are really, really will enjoy, as I have, uh, listening to you and doing conversations with Chuck Alton on this new podcast, and I can't thank you enough, and you'll be back. All right. Well, I look forward to further conversations on or off the record. Cool. I just enjoy talking with you, Chuck. So it's a good thing. Let me know. It's a good thing. I love my friend right. John Romaine of 30-some years, and uh, God bless you, my friend. Hey, likewise. Brother Chuck. Aloha. Yes, Keep it in the shade.